Hello, 90 Day Fiancé fans. Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé Honestly, the podcast that brings you an unfiltered, no-nonsense take on all things 90 Day. I'm B, And I'm Amy. We promise you two things. No tangents and zero interruptions from ads. We're diving deep into the world of international love, decoding all of the relationship drama, and serving up the truth with a side of humor. So whether you're a seasoned 90 Day fan or just starting the K-1 visa journey, buckle up for a ride filled with love, laughter, and of course, honesty. Hi, Amy. Hi, Today's recap is for 90 Day Diaries Season 5, Episode 7. Nothing to say about that. So no. Just, I, I, I wonder how many episodes are going to be in, in this season. You know, we were so excited when it started. Well, there's so many new couples, and I, I was sure we weren't going to get bored, but ah. Uh, is well, it me? Is it me? I, I think this was a particularly trying episode, just because of the cast members chosen. We didn't have anything really exciting, like a Caesar or a Courtney, you know, somebody single and trying to have a love life, but not quite succeeding. It was just, uh, Ed. I think that was my reaction throughout the entire episode was, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but it's only an hour long. It's not it, two hours. It wasn't even quickly. an hour, mm-hmm. but it, it seemed like longer, but that's probably because of the buffering. Oh, yes. I feel sorry for your internet issues today. Fortunately, let's hope we don't have any during this little recording. Here's hoping. Yes. We okay. have the power of the scotch, though, so hopefully he can give some internet energy. Yes, and and by scotch we mean cat, not cat. beverage. <laughs> yeah. Should probably clarify that. The other one is butters, by the way. It's butters and scotch. I don't just randomly have a cat named scotch. <laughs> scotch and vodka, gin. <laughs> Those would be good names for cats too. Let's not forget about Kashasa. Oh, my lovely Kashasa. She's such Kash- a pretty kitty. That, that would be an excellent name for a cat. Mm-hmm. I love it because it even sounds cat-like. You yeah, know, it's beautiful. And delicious. And delicious. So delicious in a caipirinha. Okay, before we get off talking about beverages too much, let's start. Let's talk about <clears throat> Ed and Liz. Mm. Yes. Okay, let's go. They have bought a new house in Arkansas. Every time I see this word, I just want to say Arkansas. Such a silly word, Arkansas. And I had questions because even though we know what we know about the status of their relationship, getting to see them do this move to Arkansas, buying the house there, I started asking myself, okay, well, exactly how did this come about? Did Liz give up her job? You know, that fantastic job that she got as the restaurant manager and she was sort of like a part owner. She was kind of working her way up into owning a part of the business herself. Did she give that up? I believe she would have. And I wouldn't be surprised if Ed didn't say, I want you to stop doing that because she's obviously around so many other men and she's just, or he is the jealous type and absolutely here so that, mm-hmm. that would not surprise me she could have given it up voluntarily we don't know as far as i know they haven't spoken about it but it was such a fantastic opportunity and she genuinely seemed really excited about it when it was offered to her 
So I'd be really, really surprised if she gave it all up just so she could move with this man. Oh, I think it's it's a start on reality, seeing the difference between her back on that season versus now. She seems so dull, like she's completely lost her spark. It's so sad to see. Mm -hmm. The other thing I wanted to know is, did her daughter move with her? Did she leave her daughter behind? What exactly was the deal? Nothing was addressed. No mention of it. No. But they did say in the house that they had, I think it was at least two bedrooms because she said, you know, oh, we have a spare room for when we fight. That's why you need to plan having a spare room. Perhaps you shouldn't be pursuing this relationship. Oh, well, that is not logical, Amy. Not at all. And a final question that I had is, what is she doing in Arkansas? Does she have a job there? Is she just lounging around being at Ed's beck and call? They didn't Uh, say that either. So who uh, knows? uh, Just the... The questions were not good questions. I didn't feel confident that any of the answers would be ones that I would actually like if I had the answers. So all of this just felt really icky to me. I agree. Because she has to give up so much. And for him, there's really nothing to lose at all. His family is there. His job is wherever he is because he's in real estate. He's got his dogs. And he's the one that picks up and pieces out. So he has nothing to worry about. Nothing. It's so one-sided. Anyway, Liz opens up her part of the show by talking about how she is concerned that Ed might call off the wedding. Which, like you just said, if this is a concern for you, having to have a spare room for you so you can fight and have a place to go after the fight... Why are you getting married? If you're worried that your spout, you're supposed to be, could call off the wedding again, as he has done several times before, why are you in this position? And also, I think it's funny because when they opened their segment, they were talking about the couples therapy or the whatever that couples retreat that. So they were talking about the couples retreat and saying how well it worked for them. And yet they're still having these issues. So obviously, it wasn't as successful as she would like think that it was. It did not work. Ed didn't take any of it seriously. He was a complete and utter moron throughout the whole process, just making fun of everything, not really being introspective, just being totally surface. And if not even surface, he was joking around and just making fun of everything and everyone. So yeah, it and did not the work. That we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And interesting enough, when they were talking about organizing the kitchen, they were saying everything has to be at his height so he can access it, which I think is very reflective of their relationship because everything has to revolve around him. Whereas with regards to the location of cups and stuff in the kitchen, he could easily get a step stool, but no. Instead, everything has to be organized in a way that he can easily access it because it's easy for... That's a really great insight, a little microcosm into their relationship, because you're absolutely right. Everything is on his terms. And there is a workaround where they can have things on higher and lower shelves. And all he has to do is adjust with a step stool. But no, everything has to that. Why would he do that? No, let's make everything just catered specifically to his needs. All right, they have a 
party at their house, which all of Ed's family attends. And they decide to announce at this party that the wedding date is going to be August 29th. So where they at was last summer that they got married. We know that they did get married. But the more shocking thing for me was that Liz was talking about having more children with Ed. Mistake. Why? Especially because their relationship is obviously still so tumultuous. Why would you want to bring a child into that? And also those genes. Why would you want to breed with those genes? Mm-hmm. I was like, who? What genes? Were blue jeans? Were, were, were they too tight? Were they too short? I get it. Genes. G E M E S. Okay. Yeah. But more to the point, I think is the first part of what you just said. Your relationship is not in a good place. How is having a child brought into that situation going to be a good thing? Do you even think about this for a moment from the perspective of a child who's born into a family where there's so much disagreement, so much fighting? Chaos. Yeah. I I wonder mm. if she wants to have this child because then she'll have something to love her unconditionally because she's not getting that from Ed and who knows what her relationship is like with her child, especially if her if her daughter's not with her now. Maybe she needs another one. She needs something to love. She needs something to love her. It just hurts. All of this segment hurt. I didn't like it. Yeah, me neither. Shall we go on? Mm -hmm. Next was Yolanda, who is now dating a man called John. So she lives in Las Vegas. She's 55, but she's in the city of St. Louis right now during her segment. She's sightseeing. And the reason why she's there is because that's where John lives. He had invited her. He bought her a plane ticket. He booked her hotel. And so she came. Because otherwise, he was always going to Las Vegas to visit her. If you remember back to her original appearance on 90 Day Fiancé, she was catfished by this person who pretended to be an Englishman. And so she did not have a good experience. She was catfished by this person who said that they were much younger than her. And she was okay with that. And she clearly hasn't learned any lessons about maybe sticking with her own age group because John, in fact, is quite a bit younger than her. He's 39 to her 55. Okay. So she goes to St. Louis. She is ostensibly there to see John, but she spends the first two days entirely alone. So why did he invite her if he's not going to spend time with her or if he's forgotten that she's even there? Because I'm assuming... He did not show up at the airport to greet her when she arrived. No, he definitely did not. And you know, this reminded me so much of the Ben Amal Amalgany thing where she enticed him to come down, didn't the airport, slung him around for a couple days before they actually saw each other. So I wonder if there might be some substance abuse issues with John or if he's just a... Mm. Okay, so good two possibilities there. Because she hasn't seen him for two days, she decides to take matters into her own hands and go seek out John at the funeral home where he works. I think his mother owns it. I think so. Right. So she goes to the funeral home. It seems to be late at night. Mom opens the door to her and she has met Yolanda before. So at least she knows who she is. She lets her in. And then Yolanda confronts John, who acts very surprised that she's there. And seems, in fact, somewhat angry with her 
for coming to his workplace and uses words like bombarded. You bombarded my mom. You forced your way into his work, his workplace. Like, why does she deserve that kind of treatment? It's just so confusing. And she's got to get some self-respect because this is not something that any person should ever have to experience, let alone tolerate. No, but if somebody spends all that money and makes all the effort to get you to their hometown, home city to visit them, and you don't even acknowledge that they're there. And then when they suddenly appear in front of you, you're angry and upset. I don't, nothing computes. Doesn't make any sense. No, I think maybe your suggestion that there's substance abuse is is correct because how else can you explain what he's doing to her? Yeah, I got I got nothing. But okay, it, right. it explains you know him impulsively purchasing the tickets and planning this visit, and then for it just to completely escape his memory. And also, did they not talk at all leading up to her visit? Did you forget about all that as well? <clears throat> It it defies all logic. I've never seen anything like this before. I don't understand it. I don't know what to say. Mm, just that it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Yolanda tries to make sense of it by sitting down with mom and asking some frank questions of her. It doesn't go particularly well. Mom doesn't really seem to know how to have any conversation with Yolanda. It's almost as if she has no social skills, but as a funeral director, I would suppose that she does have some very good social skills. However, they're talking together, John comes in, and then he decides that this is the moment when he wants to tease Yolanda that he bought her a ring, an engagement ring, but then blames her behavior on the reason why he hasn't actually proposed. And said that she doesn't deserve it. Nice. So nice. Mom steps in at this point and slaps John, which you've said, we don't condone violence. Absolutely. This is not the answer to any problem. However, she decides to slap him and he just kind of falls apart, I guess. He doesn't know what to do now that mom has hit him. Yolanda doesn't know what to do. It's just a complete standoff. Yolanda had like the slightest hint of a grin on her face when that happened. Yeah, I mean, deservedly so. After mom slaps John, she just turns to her computer screen and starts clicking away like it's a normal activity. I think that she just didn't want to have anything to do with it. She didn't like the fact that Yolanda was there. She didn't like the fact that Yolanda came into her office. She didn't want to have the conversation at all. And I think that's what impacted that conversation, not so much her social skills. That was just her not wanting to engage and doing the absolute bare minimum. Yeah. John seems to think that Yolanda has been unfaithful to him. There's some kind of stuff going on about exchanging phones, but she doesn't want to give him hers. And he sort of may not want to give him her his phone. It Again, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why this is happening, but they don't exchange phones. So he can't check to see if she's still on some dating app or other and then she just gets up and leaves on the way back and then he says that his phone is unlocked if she ever wants to look at it but for someone who just like kiboshed their entire relationship with Mm -hmm. that 
dangling carrot of a ring. Why, why, why would that matter? What is it? Mm. No, no, of course not. You're not going to recover from that. Mm -mm. No, she even says as she's going back to her hotel in the cab or Uber that she did see red flags from the start with John, but she's ignored them until now. So that means the end of the relationship, I would expect. Okay, bye. Yeah. Sad for Yolanda that she's had this an, another failed relationship, another failed attempt at getting to be close to somebody. But honestly, like, choose better. And after three years, I mean, yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. But long enough. And another strange couple that we saw this week were Jen and Rishi. Again, we know already what's happened to both of these people, where they are right now in their lives. It's all over social media, but it's a little bit interesting, I guess, to find out how they got to that point. So Jen is currently in New York City staying with her friend Randy, Brandy, can't remember which Randy. name. She doesn't consider that she and Rishi are engaged anymore, but he does. Despite this, him believing that they are still engaged, his family has not changed their opinion of Jen. So clearly their relationship cannot progress any further because they don't want the couple to be together. They find Jen to be too old. And Grishi's answer to this problem, wow, I can't quite wrap my head around how he gets to this conclusion, but he thinks that the answer is for them to go and have IVF treatment and to have a child with Jen. How does this make any sense? And she's 47 now. So the likelihood of success is not going to be very high. It's not medically impossible, but probably ill-advised. A very also, expensive process, yeah, which and she would be paying for. Of course. And also, if she doesn't consider them to be engaged, why is this even a conversation? Right. Well, she says that she is just placating him for now. She's going along with whatever he says without giving it definitive answer either way. That's her strategy for the moment. But the fact that he's bringing this up is so disturbing because once again, we have a couple who is thinking more about a child as a solution, as a mechanism, a glue to hold their relationship together rather than, oh, this child is an individual and will be a person and has an experience of life which will be affected by the way in which I am able to raise that child. And so if I bring them into the world, into a relationship that is terrible and fraught with all kinds of stigma and problems, that may be not fair to that particular child. Like nobody thinks these things through. They're just like, oh, I will have a kid. That'll fix it because my parents will love the fact that we have a child together and they won't possibly be able to say no anymore. So we will be able to get married. Huh? I, I don't get it. And I wouldn't put it past him for her to, if she ever did have this child, which we know she doesn't, but if she did, she'd go and visit. I can see the family kidnapping the child and then just, you know, kicking her off and making her go home. Oh, dark. But there is no child. So it's not, it's no. not a thing. No, it's not a thing. It never will be a thing. Just, mm, I am not happy with these people. I don't like their the way they think. I don't like their problem-solving techniques. <clears throat> so Jen eventually has an honest chat with Rishi. She says, I don't really want to have a child. Is that a deal breaker for you? And he says, no, no, it's not a deal breaker. I just want you 
right? But that is not going to be enough for his family, clearly. So they're still at the same place where they were before. I th- this is just a repeat of his pattern because how many times has he lied to her to get what he wants at at her detriment or to her detriment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just a repeat. Yep. Moving on, we have Laura who is in London, Ontario. Yay, Canada! Mm-hmm. I forgot that she was Canadian. Me too. But I, I do remember very well her relationship with Aladdin. Oh, that was painful, painful, painful. They are now divorced. She moved back in with her son. She met a bar. She met a bar. She met a man. <laughs> she met a nice man. Nice to you, bar. <laughs> she met a bar and a man. She met a chocolate bar. No, <laughs> she actually met a man in a bar. As people do, she likes him. She wants to gain her confidence back and she wants to go on a date with this man. So she's decided that the answer could be to take a burlesque dancing class with a couple of her girlfriends, which they all do together. It looks like a lot of fun. And she, I'm very happy to say, is now considering men of her own age when she's looking at the dating pool, not men of Aladdin's age who were like the same age as her son. She said that she liked to date younger because it was an ego boost, but how much of an ego boost is it to date a man to invest your time and energy into a relationship for all of them to inevitably fail? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like a temporary gain for long-term hurt. I don't see that how dating a younger person can be an ego boost because I find it so predatory and like so easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you think of an older man getting a younger woman or even an older woman getting a younger man. It's like, oh, how hard was it? Really? You just flashed your money around or you suggested that you are experienced in sex and that intrigues the younger person somehow. Either way, I just find like it's, it must be so easy to do that and such a cop out. So how does that boost your ego to date somebody who's so much younger than you that they could be your child and they're developmental age is so far beneath your own. I got, I got nothing. Okay. Never mind then. She goes out on a date with this guy. His name is Dwayne. Things are quite awkward, but it could be because she's got her own little camera phone or some kind of camera trained on both of them at the table as they're having their first date. So I'm going to give them both some leeway, but she does ask him for a second date and he says, sure, which is nice but also kind of offhand and dismissive. She, her attitude is so different from when she was with Aladdin. I really like seeing the change in the way she approaches dating now. She's positive, but she's also realistic. She's open. She doesn't expect perfection. She's willing to put in the work to find somebody special, somebody who could, she could really relate to whenever that happens. It doesn't have and to be now. She's having fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. So her segment was actually quite nice, but we have one more to go. And that is Sinjin and his new girlfriend, Shayna. So they're in San Diego, California. He seems quite happy with his new life after his split from his former wife. Then he talks a little bit about his girlfriend, whom he met online through social media, uh, something about sliding into his DMs. And I don't know what happened after that. But it sounds like it was very fast. Um, Shayna 
is keen to find a third person for their relationship. So they have been together for a year and seven months, but now they want to look into a polyamorous lifestyle. So they're kind of figuring out the rules for how this would work and apparently posting on some websites where they can advertise themselves as a couple who is open and interested in mm, guests in their bedroom. I think they were talking about making a profile on an app in order Mm -hmm. to find someone. Yeah. And they were doing the photo shoot with Sinjin in his shorts and it's just, oh boy. Yeah. So unsexy. (laughs) I, I just don't know what to say. We've had polyamorous people on the show before. It's interesting, but very problematic and complex. Like, it doesn't seem to ever work out very well, for the original couple at least. I think at this point, it is way too soon for them to be seeking an actual person for it, because there's still so much that needs to be discussed. They hadn't even decided whether or not they wanted a friends with benefits versus a girlfriend. He even said he has no idea what to expect. And that's one of the first things that you should do when you're considering this kind of thing is to set down your expectations, create your boundaries, and then go from there. Don't just play this willy nilly because it's not going to work out. Someone's going to get hurt. And you're just dragging someone else into your into your mess. Figure yourself out first. Figure out what you want, what your goals are, other than just adding a third into the bedroom. Because you could just do that with a, a regular unicorn. You don't need to go and try to do the polyamorous relationship. So, you know, take your time to figure out what all this means for you individually and together. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know where to go. <laughs> Is it is is their relationship open? She was talking about, oh, if I find something interesting, I'll go do my thing. And if you find something interesting, you can go do your thing, which to me is an open relationship. But then they're bringing a third in and I just all the all the things that you could possibly add to relationship. It seems like they want to add. But like you were describing, it's very messy at the moment. They haven't figured it out. It's just a big kind of pile of polyamory, if that's how you say it. Yes. Okay. Uh, It's a big pile of questions. And Mm -hmm. they they need to answer these questions before they move forward with subjecting another person to their relationship. Yeah. So good luck to them. I wish them well. (laughs) Be gone. (laughs) You do not wish them well. I, I do wish them well. I really do. Because this sounds very, very difficult to achieve, whatever it is that they're trying to do. I mean, good for them. Good for them for exploring different opportunities and whatever. But seriously, get your shit together before before you jump in. You heard it here first, everybody. Amy has declared that they must get their shit together. It, it must be so. Yes. Previews for next week suggest that we are in for a treat. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Joy of joys. Angela and Michael. He's practicing for his visa interview, so looks like he will shortly be in the U.S. Don't know how I feel about that. Rebecca and Zied, they're talking. Oh, my God. Everybody's talking about having a child, and they are looking into the surrogate route. Well, nobody think of the children. 
We need to start a campaign. <laughs> think of the children. I think it already is one, but we need to start one for the 90 day franchise specifically. Yeah. And it looks like we're getting another two for one where we've got Elizabeth of Elizabeth and Andre. She's helping her dad get into online dating. So he would be the single person, I guess. And then there's a controversy between Andre and Elizabeth with him wanting to move to Naples, Florida. Who knows why? And finally, we have Gabriel, who's back in the U.S. visiting his sister. And that relationship is always fraught with problems. So drama awaits. I had completely forgotten about Gabe, but I did love Gabe when mm -hmm. he was on, I think it was the, the other way. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure how I feel about him now. So we shall see what uh, this next episode brings. Yes. There have been some changes in Gabriel's life, as I understand it. And not positive ones. Okay. Uh, as always, a quick reminder before we go, please subscribe to the 90 Day Fiance Honestly podcast. And thank you to everyone for listening. Thanks, everyone.